Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. Shabbat Shalom again, everyone. Um, for those of you who printed out the source sheet, we are not going to get to every source. I know it was six pages long, and that is about five pages longer than it should be. But there were many sources that I wanted you to see. And so if you printed it out, you have some Shabbos reading. And if you didn't print it out, that's okay. And you will hear some of those sources here with us this morning. Um, as we do in Beitenu, I will have this be as interactive as possible. Um, it's lucky, I guess, that I have a computer in front of me when normally I don't, because I can see you all much more clearly. Um, but if you have something that you would like to share, please either raise your hand, or if you're able to do so, you can unmute. I do see that Devora Kolker is on here. And Devora, I just wanted to say to you personally that we were set up to be able to see this beautiful arc behind me, and our sound did not work. So for you and all those who have enjoyed seeing the arc the past few weeks, I'm very sorry that that is not your view currently, but glad that we have this beautiful um, Torah cover behind me and glad that I can see you all more clearly. So again, blessings, blessings in things that might also be seen as disappointments. So earlier this week in our senior staff meeting, I gave a little drash before we began. And in our senior staff meeting, we were about to discuss whether or not we were going to have services this morning on the field. And having been in a conversation earlier with the LA Department of Public Health, I had a sneaking suspicion (laughs) that we might not. Um, And I was sad about it, as I mentioned earlier, and it was something that was hard for me to get past, and yet I knew it was the right decision. And so I was looking through the Parsha, and I noticed we all talk about how Rebecca goes out of her way to make sure that Jacob gets the blessing. And that is remarkable. And it is something that we, um, that we should focus on and we should think about. And was it the right thing? Was it not the right thing? But what's interesting is what happens right before in that she actually, she doesn't even craft for Jacob that he's going to receive the blessing. In fact, she crafts the blessing. She creates the blessing for Jacob in such a way that he believes that he is about to receive a blessing from God. And really what Isaac says is that he's going to give Esav, or in in his case, the eldest son, a blessing from his soul. And as I shared with the senior staff, and I'll share with you all now, I think that it is important for us to remember that when we hear blessings, that sometimes we hear them differently than other people. Or when we give blessings, sometimes the person who receives them is going to hear them differently than we intend them to be heard. So our blessings go out into the world and we say them with hopefully love and care and support, especially if it's something like a Mishaberach, we send that energy out into the world And yet someone might hear the blessing in such a way that they don't don't recognize it, they don't think of it in their own world as a blessing. Now that's not what happens in this story. What Isaac says is, I am going to give a blessing from my soul. We'll talk about that in a second. And then Rebecca says to Jacob, your dad's going to give a blessing to Esau from God. That's very different. 
Very, very different, unless she's calling Isaac God. That's a very different interpretation of what the blessing is. However, she's hearing the blessing that she knows must go to her son, and she also knows what to say to her son so that her son wants to receive the blessing. So we're going to go through a few, a few different sources here, starting with the actual Torah verses, to see the distinction that is made between how Isaac represents this blessing and how Rebekah then interprets it to Jacob. So if you have the source sheet in front of you, it's the first page. If you don't, it's chapter 27 of Brashid of Genesis, verse 1. And I'm going to read the verses that are just context for us in English, and then the verses that we are going to focus on, I'll read in both Hebrew and English. When Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see, he called his older son Esav and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. And he said, Isaac said, I am old now and I do not know, sorry, I do not know how soon I may die. Take your gear, your quiver and bow and go out into the open and hunt me some game. And prepare for me these tasty things that I love. And bring them to me and I will eat them. So that before I die, I can bless you from my soul. Now, tevarechecha nafshi can be seen as, I will bless you from my soul, or I will bless you, my soul. Right? That maybe he is saying that he will bless him from his innermost thoughts and feelings, or maybe he's calling Esav his soul. We know that Isaac favored Esav, and so it's possible he was referring to him as nafshi. Rebecca had been listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esav, and when Esav went out into the open to hunt game to bring home, she said to her son Jacob, I overheard your father speaking to your brother Esav, saying, Bring me some game, and make for me tasty things, And I will bless you before God, before my death. Does anybody hear the difference? Yeah, there, I can see you all nodding. There, there is a difference. There is a difference here. Are very different and God is added. So I want to stop here before we go on to the commentaries to see if you have any thoughts of what this difference could be or why there could be a difference. I can't see everyone because there are two screens, which is lovely. It's lovely to have so many people. So if you're on my screen, I can see you. But if not, raise your hand and Kenji can, can unmute you. But does anybody have any thoughts or questions or comments on these verses thus far? Larry, is that you? Do you want to say something? <laughs> Yeah, but it's not on addressing your question. It's on the verses. I'm just I'm struck by the multiplicity of the averot of the sins that Rebecca has committed here. First, she listens in on a conversation she shouldn't be listening in on, mm. right? And then she goes and tells her youngest son about a conversation that she shouldn't have told him about. Mm. And then she actually deceives. She lies. 
she tells him something, which is what you're talking about. She doesn't report the conversation correctly. As we go on, she's going to be encouraging him into deception. Yeah. It's just, it's overwhelming if you focus on it. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess where you want to go is the question, why did she feel the need to misrepresent the conversation when she didn't have to do that? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and as we know, as the story unfolds, and we're not going to speak about this part of the story, but as the story unfolds, she does even more and even more and even more. It doesn't just stop here. And in the Taste of Torah that I wrote for this week, I actually, I, I mentioned that I think that Rebecca gets a bad rap, not just because I like her name, but because I think that she, she is someone who really is holding on to so much alone, right? She doesn't have a partner in the way that we understand partnership. She doesn't have someone who is coming to her and asking her how she is or figuring out for her what it looks like to be raising these children. She ends up being a vessel that is holding so much. And so it's possible, and we're going to see later, um, that, that Rebecca felt as though she had to actually say that it was from God because she knew that she had to craft everything that came next. And so it had to be from God or else how could it... How could it be? But you're right. There's a lot of deception here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's all coming from the same character. It's all coming from Rebecca. Barry, I see your hand is up. <clears throat> or Kathy, I don't <laughs> A. Rosenblatt. Yes. Actually, okay, it's mine. Um, it's interesting because mine is the complete opposite of what Henry just said. Larry, uh, Larry just said, sorry. Um, Rebecca um, had the fighting inside her when they were in the wombs. Yeah. Um, one went in, one went out. You know, they, she, knew, she knows her interaction with God is that she knows that Jacob was supposed to get the blessing. She knows that for her, her learning understanding is a blessing comes through the person from God. So it's not that she misinterpreted. I mean, miss, she didn't lie. A blessing to her is a, not from the person, but from God through the person. And um, all this, what we think of shenanigans of what she's doing is she can't say to Isaac, you can't give the blessing to Esau, even though he's the firstborn, you have to give it to Jacob. So she, I mean, it's all sort of why she happened to be, you know, she happened to be by the door, not that she went to go listen to the door. She happened to walk by and then listen. She knew she had to change things around. Um, a lot of things, how I mean, we, things happen that we have to intervene, um, not because uh, it's, you know, we're trying to change everything, but there are things that we see from different perspectives. So, yes, I'm not going to comment too much on what you just said, because it's the conclusion of this whole teaching. So <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get there. Uh, no, 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 it's great. But yes, I, that is what Rebecca believes. Rebecca believes that, in fact, she needs for the blessing to be given from a place of godliness, or else it's not a blessing, that that blessing needs to come from some 
point of divinity in order for Jacob or for her in that in this matter to feel as though it's a blessing because it needs to come from God through through Isaac into Jacob um, and and you're and that's where I'm going to stop so that I don't give away give away the ending um, but thank you very very beautiful comment uh, anyone else yeah Gabriella. I don't know. Oh, yeah, she's under. Yeah, very good. Okay. Yeah, I agree uh, with with Kathy, and I just want to add that um, Rebecca, that Isaac at this was not really himself as he would have been years back. He was uh, incapacitated, and uh, she she knew that as the character of Esav, that he wouldn't be the one to give the blessing to. So she maneuvered it so that. Yaakov would be, but uh, that was also because, uh, like you say, uh, she was really alone, and she had to figure it out, and she knew what was right. Yeah. And and yeah. as and at this point, Yitzhak, uh, he uh, he cared about somebody who would bring him good food, and you know, <laughs> which is what what a very elderly person would care about who brings me the food, you know, or my. <laughs> sure. sure he's worried about being taken care of in his last few moments and that's extremely important and rebecca is if i'm understanding you correctly rebecca is worried about what comes after that right where the future goes not just what's happening in the moment but actually what happens to the people and and maybe she knows something prophetically maybe she right who knows how she knows but she has this feeling that things are going to move on in such a way that the blessing needs to be given to jacob okay because of time, we're going to move on. I see you, Barry. Just get, we're going to move on, and if your comment is still relevant, um, you'll you'll raise your hand again. So I want us to look for a moment. It's on the third page of your source sheet. Uh, if you're if you're holding one in your hand, um, <clears throat> I want us to look at a few of our commentators, our ancient commentators, before we look at a few of our modern commentators. And one of the things that Rashi says on this idea of lifnei Adonai, which Rebecca adds, is that Rebecca is insinuating that it's coming from God's permission, that, that she actually believes that God will approve of what is done, right? That, that she is adding God, not because it's going to somehow add to the blessing, but because God will give permission to what Rebecca did. So to Larry's point, all this deceit is still has God's kind of uh, support and permission behind it. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. Maybe Rashi is reading into this to, to make sure that, that we still feel like Rebecca did the right thing because bringing God into the picture allows us to feel as though it was somehow divinely inspired. Then Radak says that she adds the words lifnei Adonai as if they had been Isaac's words, which we know. She intended thereby to convince her son Yaakov that the blessing about to be given to Esav was of an unusual critical importance, one that would reflect a prophetic utterance by Yitzchak. Okay, so that kind of goes to what I said before, which is this idea that if God is somehow mentioned in the bracha or the, the, the desire to get Jacob in the room for the bracha, that he will be more inclined to feel that it is a bracha of, of substance and of importance than if there was not mention of God. 
which is how we think about blessings for the most part now, right? If we don't say, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, it's hard to call something a blessing, right? We wouldn't necessarily say that singing uh, mm, something that doesn't have God's name in it that I can't think of at the moment, that, that we would think of that as a blessing. Because if God's name isn't recognized, we might think of it as a poem or a psalm or, or some kind of element of prayer, but not necessarily a blessing. <clears throat> the... Um, okay, the Torah Ruch mentions something uh, grandiose. I'm only going to read the end of it here. But that God would for sure fulfill such a blessing when pronounced by him. That if Isaac was going to give a blessing, that of course God would have something to do with it. So why not, Rebecca, just add God's name into the mix? Right, that, okay, Isaac forgot God's name, so Rebecca's just going to add that in. Like, of course it wasn't an addition, it was just an acknowledgement of what was already understood. After all, he says in his commentary, all blessings originate with God. Now, this is where our modern day commentators are going to argue, and I would argue as well, <clears throat> blessings are misled. Because we can give blessing without them having to feel divinely inspired or be given to us by God, and they can still be blessings. When we think about how we share blessing with people, right, when we wish them well, or when a bar bat mitzvah student is standing in front of us and we give them a blessing, we might not always say God's name, but that blessing is just as meaningful, maybe even more so because, as Kathy said, it's coming from us. It's coming from our mouths. And therefore, maybe, sure, God somehow inspired us to say those words, but they're coming from us, a person who the person receiving blessing can have relationship with after the blessing is given. Whereas when we say blessings where we infer God's name, we don't always have a way of saying back to God, hey, you didn't listen to that blessing, or what was your idea when this blessing came to me? Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who, as we all know, spoke a lot about prayer, says, prayer serves many aims. This is on the second page of your source sheet if you have it. It serves to save the inward life from oblivion. It serves to partake of God's mysterious grace and guidance. Yet ultimately, prayer must not be experienced as an act for the sake of something else. I'm going to read that again. Ultimately, prayer must not be experienced as an act for the sake of something else. We pray in order to pray. Prayer is a perspective from which to behold, from which to respond to the challenges we face. A person in prayer does not seek to impose their will upon God. They seek to impose God's will and mercy upon themselves. Prayer is necessary to make us aware of our failures, our backsliding, our transgressions, and our sins, and I would say also our successes and the things that we are working on. <clears throat> does anybody have any comments or thoughts based on these commentaries that have led you to think about these verses either differently or brought more thought to your mind on these verses. <clears throat> Brent. <clears throat> Brent, can you unmute? Oh, am I on? No. Wait, hold on one second, Barry. Brent. Brent's name is right under where it says Bonitas. Yeah. Yep. Underneath there. Yep. Very good. 
Okay, so I, I find it interesting that that you know I think Rebecca is a, a, a blessed person and was doing what we would say God's work for the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is is if you look at Esau and and Jacob, they're both Jews, right? It's not like Isaac and and uh, Ishmael. These are two Jewish children that come from the same mother that are constantly in struggle. Mm-hmm. The way I always view this, and I love this Parsha, is this represents everybody's Jewish mind. Mm-hmm. And every mind of every Jew, it's not really about prayer. It's about the Jewish people and about the predominance of the cerebral over the physical. And that we're in constant struggle as Jewish people between our physical desires, our physical accomplishments, and our cerebral desires and accomplishments. And the Torah in this Parsha sets out its clear preference for the cerebral Jew over the physical Jew. Hmm. So that we are a people of study because we prefer Isaac over Esau. And this struggle, which goes on in every person's mind, has gone on with the Jewish people for our entire existence where we, 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 we sometimes admire and reward the physical, our military prowess, our fighting Jews, our athletic Jews. And at other times, we advance the cerebral Jew. And I think this Torah portion lays out that balance and that preference and that Rebecca had to do what she did because, that, because Isaac had to be the forefather, similar with, uh, I mean, Jacob, some with Abraham and Isaac, yeah. and that we keep living this day in and day out as we have our physical selves and our cerebral selves and that constant battle to which one prevails. And the Torah clearly prefers the cerebral Jew to the physical Jew. It's very, it's a, that's a fascinating take. Um, and I, I, agree with what you're saying and what you are reading into the Parsha, for sure. And I hope it's not the case. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that Jews who are not the cerebral Jews, and I hope that Jews who feel like praying is something that they do because it makes them feel good rather than because they understand the words that they're saying, I hope that that's meaningful to them. Um, and, I, and I hope that I hope that Jacob and Esav show us, and this is where I thought you were going with your statement, I hope that Jacob and Esav show us that we can be both, that we can actually be able to be strong and and out in the field and able to produce, um, to hunt and, and, and produce food and all of the rest of that. Uh, back in the day, obviously, I don't think any, any of us are out hunting these days, but but the idea that we can be those kinds of people and that we can also be the book smart, stay at home, enjoy studying uh, Jews. But it's very interesting. I, I appreciate the take on it and I, I appreciate being able to read into it that way. Yes, Barry. I want to go back to your initial question that started this discussion. Uh, well, what's the difference between uh, uh, Isaac's first that it's coming from him yeah. And his second statement that it's coming from God. Yeah. Um, and I want to go back to uh, Kathy's uh, position and go forward from there that um, uh, from the, the, the birth of these uh, uh, boys, um, 
only Rivka is a partner with God um, in prophetic uh, knowledge. Uh, Yitzhak has no knowledge of this. Uh, he prefers um, uh, Esau and the hunting and the food. He, he has no partnership in, in, the, in God's uh, plan. Uh, only only uh, Rivka has that. Um, and um, at the point where um, uh, Yitzhak is now speaking to uh, uh, Yaakov, thinking he's Esau, yeah. um, God is now intervening to Yitzhak. And uh, so now, now that the, the prophetic is coming through from God through Yitzhak to Yaakov, and, and that's what it means that uh, the blessing is coming out from God. He unwittingly is saying that statement. We're going to see in a moment that that there is that there is an interesting. And those of you who learned with Rabbi Shapiro and I yesterday heard me say this a little bit that there's an interesting cycle that Isaac goes through in trying to be just like his father, right? He calls Rebecca his sister when he comes across people who don't know him. Um, he gives this blessing and he's trying to give this blessing from himself. But like Abraham, the blessing actually ends up coming from God and not from him. And one of the, one of the moments where Isaac ends up not being able to be like his father, Abraham, which by the way, for a guy who didn't show him much compassion and support, it's, it's surprising that he wants to be just like him, but he doesn't know any different. And he's gone through a lot of trauma. And so he's trying to just do what he knows and assumes that that's what's right. And so he tries to give this blessing. And yet when Isaac was given a blessing from his father, he wasn't given a blessing from Abraham. He was given a blessing from God. And when it turns in this Parsha, we will see that Rebecca allows Isaac to kind of push out of these moments where he's just moving along as if he's doing exactly what his father told him to do. And then when I, when Esav comes back to Isaac and says, you didn't give me a blessing, and he's, he is very upset, Isaac is very upset, Isaac, for the first moment, and I'm sorry that I don't remember um, which commentator says this, for the first moment, Isaac realizes, I have to come up with a blessing on my own. I have to figure out for myself how I'm going to bless Esav, because the blessing that I've known to give has already been given. So I need to come up with a blessing. And then he blesses Lavan. So he, he continues these blessings once kind of, I, I imagine like his, his heart cracking open for the first time that he's now able to utilize God in that way, Barry, that he moves into giving blessing from God for the first time because now he's out of this, um, this, uh, journey of just being just like his father. So I want to share one last piece. This was the last three pages. I'm not going to read all three. The last three pages of the source sheet. And I'm, I'm so sorry that they didn't write who, that they didn't acknowledge who wrote this. Um, but it's from Congregation Beth El, Kesser Israel. Um, and I happened upon it when I was looking through different commentaries on these different brachot. And it doesn't say who wrote it. Maybe it was their rabbi. I don't know. But it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece that I only gave you excerpts of, and it still came out to three pages. And I'm not going to read it all, but it's a powerful poem. And I'm going to read the beginning, and I'm going to read the end. And 
I want us to think here about how what Rebecca did actually pushed us into understanding blessing today. That what Isaac said was that he was going to give blessing from his soul, which is powerful and meaningful. And when we think about kavanah, we think about blessing from the soul. But ultimately, blessing today is the blessing, like Kathy said at the beginning, is the blessing that we are able to give, feeling God's connection to us, but that comes out of our mouths. If he did not hear the blessing of fruitfulness and dominion that God gives to his father Abraham, where did Isaac learn it? It came with Rebekah. When Rebekah says she will go with Abraham's servant to marry Isaac, Lavan says, Oh, sister, may you grow into thousands of myriads. May your offspring seize the gates of their foes. More than one commentator has noted that the parallel between the blessing that Lavan gives Rebekah and the blessing that God gives Abraham after the Akedah. Again, we see the pairing of a blessing of power, of dominion, seize the gates of their foes with a blessing of fruitfulness, of pru or vu. But what's important here is not just the parallel, but the difference. A blessing that God gave in the extraordinary moment of the Akedah is now being offered not by God, but by a person. And not in the extraordinary moment of the Akedah, but in an ordinary moment of leave-taking, of a sister leaving home to get married. That complex interweaving of multiplication and death is now a blessing uttered by human mouths. This is the moment when the notion of, human, of the human power to offer a blessing of dominion first entered the Jewish people. We still don't know what a blessing is, but we know that the idea that a person can give a blessing of dominion, of martial victory, begins with Lavan and enters the Jewish people through Rebecca. I'm going to read the end. Mm. Isaac will still bless. He will not be the father his father was, but his ordeal has taught him the anger about to tear his family apart has shown him what blessings of dominion can do. They were a beginner's mistake, perhaps, the first Jew's clumsy efforts at blessing his children. That is Isaac's story. We've come a long way from Isaac, from his story and his lineage. These blessings our hands on our children's heads on Friday night. These are our story, our lineage, our toldot. I suggest to you that you read the rest of this, and if you enjoy it, to go onto their website and read the entire thing. It's a very powerful poem. But I think that the end of this, the blessing that we give to children on Shabbat and on holidays, a blessing that comes from... Isaac's line, that that blessing can only be a blessing that we know to give because we want what that blessing says. We, people, humans, right? I don't have kids. I don't do it every week. But the way in which we say that is that we want them to be like those people, not that we want them to be like God, right? That you will be blessed. That you will be blessed like them and through God, but not like God, like those people. So I think that Rebecca knew that. I think that Rebecca knew 
that there had to be some element of God's connection to Jacob for him to feel like this was a blessing that was going to move him forward, that was going to make him want to be the leader of a people, that was going to make him want to have a connection back with his family. Because if you just tell your son that you're going to be great and you're going to have lots of land and lots of crops and lots of animals, that's lovely. But that doesn't tell you who you're going to be. And so Rebecca allows him to know who he's going to be and who's going to be there to support him. So when we hear blessings, we're not always sure that we hear them the same way that that they were supposed to be given to us. But we can be sure that when we give blessings, that we're giving them for what we hope comes from them. That we are giving a blessing that comes from our heart, from our soul, maybe, yes, from our connection to God, but that ultimately we are giving blessing so that people can hear from us what we hope for them, for them to get better, for them to be fruitful in what they want in their lives, for them to be able to continue in a life that means success for them. So I really, I bless you all that you are able to give blessing that you are able to find ways to give those around you blessings. Next week, we will have just celebrated Thanksgiving, and we talk a lot about gratitude and what we're grateful for. So this year, I hope that you can think of blessings that you give to those people that you are grateful for and tell them why you're grateful. Because just like Isaac and Rebecca, they both wanted to give blessings that were important to them, to their nefesh, or to their connection with God. And that's meaningful. And that means that those were special blessings. So please give blessing this year. And I hope that you all realize that you are a blessing to us. And that though we could not be together today for Beitenu in person, that it's always a blessing to do Shabbat services with you. So Shabbat Shalom. And thank you for being here with us this morning. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.